Welcome to the Field and Garden Podcast. I'm Jessie from the Gardener's Workshop. Today's episode features a takeover of our popular Ask a Flower Farmer live Q&A session on Instagram, this time hosted by Dave Dowling of Ball Color Link. Dave is also a former flower farmer and the instructor of our online course called Flower Farming School Online, Bulbs, Perennials, Woodies, and More. Dave has such a wealth of knowledge to share, and here he answers questions on a broad range of flowers, including lilies, freesia, tuberose, snapdragons, lilacs, hydrangea, stock, peonies, tulips, ranunculus, and more. So much going on here, and so I hope you listen and enjoy. Hi there. Um, I'm here for the Ask a Flower Farmer Live for the Gardener's Workshop, filling in for Lisa Ziegler today. My name is Dave Dowling. I work for Ball Seed in the Colorlink division as a salesperson for cut flower growers all across the U.S. And I'm here to talk to you, answer all your questions about cut flowers. There is a little box at the bottom of your screen if you're on Instagram. It's a little circle with a question mark. That's where you will put your questions, and then I'll be able to look there and see those questions and ask, answer them for you. A little bit about me. Uh, like I said, my name is Dave Dowling. I do an online class with a gardener's workshop called Bulbs, Perennials, Woodies, and More. I teach you all about growing cut flowers from perennials, woodies, and bulbs. Um, so look for that in June. If you don't already get emails from the gardener's workshop, you can go to thegardenersworkshop.com and look for the online classes, find my class, and then sign up to be on the wait list so you get notified when registration is open. Um, a little bit more about me if you don't know who I am. I had a cut flower farm in Maryland for 20 years. Um, when I closed that farm back in the 19, I'm sorry, 2012, I went to work for Edney Flower Bulb in New Jersey, uh, basically selling flower bulbs to cut flower growers. And then the Fred C. Glockner bought Fred C. Glockner Company bought Edney a few years later, so I worked for Glockner and Edney selling bulbs, and then I could sell plugs and seeds and all kinds of other stuff. And then a little over two years ago, Glockner was sold to the Ball Seed Company, so now I work for the Ball Seed Company as a sales rep and advisor to cut flower farms all across the U.S. I'm under the Colorlink division, which the Colorlink division of Ball is the office personnel that work with smaller customers all across the country. Uh, Alex is asking, can we start soil blocks on metal baking pans or is, is there reason not to start them with metal, glass, etc.? Or have you ever had any, anybody seen them doing plastic or foam? You can do them with metal, you just want to make sure it's not a metal pan that's going to rust because um, you don't want to get an old cheap cookie sheet that gets all rusty and then just hard to clean and makes a mess. But yeah, it, the, I always like to say the plants won't know what kind of tray they're on. They don't know whether it's a glass or plastic or foam, or like Lisa uses a lot of the old uh, cafeteria trays or kind of that um, hard melamine plastic. Anything will work as long as it holds the water and uh, you can water your plugs that way. Uh, Twin Run Flower Farm wants to know how to uh, order lilies with multiple ship, weight, ship weeks bulbs from Edney Flower Bulb, who sells exclusively through Ball, and you would place your orders for the whole season all at once. In other words, if you know you want to plant lilies every three weeks, you would place the orders now to ship to you every three weeks throughout the summer. And the reason you want to place all the orders now is because some varieties will sell out. So if you place your order now and you've got your order set all the way up through, say, late July, you should get those lilies shipped to you every three weeks or whenever you schedule them. Whereas if you were to wait till July to place an order, half the variety is going to be sold out. 
So when you place your order, they uh, get reserved for you and held in the freezers. Edney keeps the lilies stored at about 29 degrees, um, and then they ship them to you. When they arrive to you, you do need to plant them as soon as possible. Um, you can't hold them in your refrigerator. You'd never want to put them back into a freezer because your household freezer is too cold. Um, you can hold them in the cooler a week to 10 days, but they're still going to grow at a 38 degree cooler. So you need to get them planted as soon as possible. And if you want a succession plant, you can usually spread it out about the 10 days, maybe two weeks from you get them, plant some the day they arrive, hold the rest in the cooler for 10 days, and then plant those. Or it's better to have a new shipment sent to you um, every three weeks or four weeks, wherever you decide your succession plan will be. Um, Ashley is asking, can I talk about freesias? Can't get a lot of information on those bulbs. Well, freesias are a bulb that don't store real well. Um, so you want to always buy fresh bulbs in the fall. They usually can ship to you in October, November, and December. And you want to plant them soon after you, they arrive. The other really important thing to know about freesias is they can't freeze. Um, so you need to make sure that you have a heated greenhouse to grow them in because you can't wait till it's warm enough in March to plant freesias because then by the time they bloom, it's too hot and they will have, gone, will have gone dormant. So you've got to have a heated but cool greenhouse to grow freesias or be in a warm area like South Florida or Southern California where you don't have freezing weather in the winter. They can't be grown in the summer because when your nights get above 60 and your soil gets above about 55 or 60, they'll go dormant and you just the plants die, die back and they're gone. So you want to order the... Uh, freesia bulbs to arrive to you in October, November, or December. Get them planted when they arrive in a heated but cool greenhouse. Nights are 50 to 55, daytime 60 to 65. And it can be as warm as 70, but you don't want to go much warmer than that. Elise Hopp found some lily, lily beetles in her lilies last year. She was able to control them by handpicking them, but it was a bummer. Any new advice on these pests? Yeah, lily leaf beetles are um, mainly in New England, uh, upper northeast parts of the U.S. Um, it's a little teeny black beetle that can do a lot of damage, especially on Asiatic lilies are the favorite. Um, they still will damage uh, Orientals and OTs and other varieties, but Asiatic are their favorites. Um, there are some sprays you can get them uh, because they basically, I think they started in Massachusetts. If you do a Google search for UMass for the University of Massachusetts, UMass lily beetle, and they have a whole handout on how to deal with lily leaf beetles. Uh, Pink Stem Farm wants to know about tuberose growing tips. Uh, tuberose likes it warm. Um, the one you're going to grow is called Mexican Single. And, you know, in Mexico, it's really warm. So you want to make sure you don't plant them too soon when the soil is still cold. You don't want to be planting them until sometime, um, I like to say, after you've mowed the grass three or four times, or you should have mowed the grass three or four times. So then the soil is warm enough to uh, go ahead and plant the free uh, tuberose. Tuberose do need a lot of water once they're up and growing, so definitely want to make sure you have irrigation on them. I've seen people grow them in uh, bare soil. I've seen people grow them in landscape fabric for weed control. Uh, both will work because they like it hot, and landscape fabric warms the soil up, and it doesn't hurt the tuberose. Um, no matter when you plant them, they don't usually start blooming until late July or August, and then they'll keep blooming sporadically up until frost. Um, if you buy new tuberose, you're either going to buy individual tubers or small bulbs about the size of your thumb, or if you're buying from a farmer, you might be able to buy uh, larger established clumps. If you plant the individual tuber rose bulb, the first year it should bloom and you'll dig it up because they do not survive in areas colder than zone eight. You need to dig them up in the fall. You'll see that first individual bulb you planted will then have a dozen little baby bulbs around it. Those baby bulbs aren't big enough yet to separate them. So you'll save those, replant them the next summer. 
And then when you dig them up the second time, then you can start to divide them and make more, uh, more bulbs that you can spread around your fields. Uh, the next question is from Shortstop Flowers. Are Madam Butterfly Snaps suitable for summer production in Zone 3? Zone 3 should have fairly cool summers, so you should be fine on that. Uh, the Madam Butterfly tend to like the spring and fall seasons better, but if you're cool enough in the summer, you should be okay. Um, so give them a try in Zone 3. Trying to do it in a warmer zone that usually um, in the summertime they don't do as well, and especially the other one that's similar, the Chantilly, butter, uh, Chantilly Snaps, they don't like the long hot days of summer. Um, and most of the Hill Farm, she has lilacs that started to get some leaves and have very small purple buds starting. They're going to have freezing weather for the next week. Will the freeze kill them? Is there anything that you do to save them? Um, lilac can take freezing weather as long as the bud is still really small and tight, almost like if you think of how, um, if you look at a cauliflower, how tight the head of the cauliflower is, really dense. If it's still really dense down within the leaf, you should be okay as long as your temperature is only in the upper 20s. Much colder than that, it might damage them. There's not much you could do other than run sprinklers, sprinklers on them overnight to cover them with ice. And the ice actually keeps them at 32 degrees, so it would uh, protect the buds. But if the buds are still tight down inside the plant, you should be okay. If they're starting to elongate and you can actually see stems on the flower itself, the freeze might damage them. Gruber Sandy is asking one of my favorite hydrangea varieties for cut flower bouquets. Um, well, the easiest one to grow is limelight. That's the paniculata type that blooms on new woods. So no matter how nasty your winter weather is or how late you have a freeze, you're still going to get flowers off of them. Although I always like to tell people don't pick them when they're white or that lightly green color. Wait till they start to turn antique, usually in mid to late August. They start to get that uh, little greenish, pinkish tone to them and the paper, the petals start to feel papery. And then they're going to last forever. If you pick them when they're fresh and white and moist feeling, they often will wilt on you within a day and then it'll go bad. So that's a, a no-brainer is the um, limelight. They'll grow and bloom anywhere. The other ones, are the macrophyllas, which are the also called big leaf hydrangeas, the, the blue and the pink and sometimes purplish color or lavender, those bloom on old wood. So if you were out and look at those plants right now and you have a stem come up off the plant, you'll see little buds. Those are this year's flowers that are produced last year. So sometimes you won't get flowers if you have a warm spell and then they start to grow and then you have a hard freeze. It kills the flower buds that were there all winter, survived the winter, but the late frost is what killed them. Because um, you can have beautiful hydrangeas out on Nantucket out in the middle of the ocean. You know, it gets really cold during the winter, but they have a long, slow, cool spring. They never have a hot spell that makes them sprout and then a frost that kills them. So in the interior of the country where it's quite often you have, you know, 70, 80 degree weather followed by a hard freeze, often those other hydrangeas will die out. But as far as other varieties, there's, there's in the Macaphyllas, there's one called All Summer Beauty. Um, even the, the Nico Blue works great. It's been around forever. It's very affordable and cheap. That one works great. Chris is asking, is there any cons to having shade cloth on an unheated hoop house, put it on in late May and then through the season? You're in Iowa Zone 5B. No, you can definitely put shade cloth on an unheated hoop house for the summertime to keep it cool. Um, usually would use 50% shade, um, usually nothing with a higher percentage than that. So usually 50, sometimes 30 or 40 if you're farther north. But it definitely helps keep your tunnel cooler in the summer. And it will also cause the flower stems to grow a little bit taller because their light's a little bit lower light, so the stems will grow taller. But definitely you can use shade cloth on a, um, on a high tunnel. Um, this is Slabtown Pickers up in New Jersey. Um, they have about 600 stock plants ready to plant out. And the temperature of the next two weeks at night are in the low 20s and high 20s. 
Should they plant them out in the bed that is ready to go, worried about them getting root bound in the tray, which is a good thing to be concerned about. You never want to get your plugs get root bound. She has landscape fabric and remay to cover them if needed. Um, I would go ahead and plant them. Um, try and plant on one of the days where you're going to have a, a low in the 30s that night. In the nights in the 20s, I would go and put the row cover over them. But you don't want the row cover laying right on the plants. So it's um, either you can use hoops to raise it up or another easy thing to do is lay some bulb crates upside down over top of the plants without putting the edge of the crate right on the plant. And then put your row cover on top of that, anchor it down with some you know, boards or rocks or whatever you hold your row cover down with and just cover them overnight like that. But stock can take pretty cool temperatures. The high 20s are probably even not damage them, but because they're coming out of a warm grove room, it's better to protect them. Um, tree hugger JPN wants to know, can one be a successful flower farmer using once a week flood irrigation? They're in Utah, um, zone 7A, and then want to know what kind of row with. Actually, I do know a grower out in Utah, Happy Trowels is his farm name. They do it with flood irrigation. They get the water, I think, every eight or nine days, not even once a week. Um, it can be done, but you want to make sure that your row width is narrow enough so that when it does flood, for you get your irrigation water for that week, that it can soak all the way to the center of the bed. So depending on your soil, if you have really sandy soil, the water is going to flow faster than if it was a heavy clay. So depending on your soil, um, I would just do a test. Um, make a little trial bed that's two feet wide, a pour a bucket of water on both sides and in the trench, and see if it soaks to the center of the bed. But having weekly flood irrigation like that is something you definitely need to um, be able to manage. So make sure that when you've got your water that day, you make sure you water everything. Because if you miss something, you have to wait another week, you're out there hand watering with buckets and watering cans or hoses. Um, Harvest Flower Company in East Tennessee um, have tulip budding in the low temps next week in the 20s. They're very short. Any advice for a tulip newbie? Um, if the tulips are not actually blooming and it's still just buds, go to bed at night and don't look at them tomorrow till after the sun has been up and it's warmed up. Tulip plants in bud, unless they're actually ready to bloom, can take temperatures in the mid-20s. They'll, you'll go out first thing in the morning, they look awful. Just don't go out in the morning, go out at lunchtime and they'll look fine. If you look first thing in the morning, they're all translucent looking green. The, the, they're all laying flat on the ground, but tulips know what to do when the weather's cold. They survive it. They'll sprout, they'll uh, perk up and be fine once it warms up. So don't sweat it. Go to bed at night. Um, I wouldn't bother covering them unless your temperatures in the very low twenties and you have taller stems and bigger buds showing. Uh, that's a good question here. How do you know when it's safe to plant starts or you know young plants? Is it the number of true leaves? Um, there's a couple things you want to worry about. You don't want them to get over uh, root bound in whether it's a plug tray or a, a soil block or whatever it is. You don't want to get root bound where the roots are circling because then they'll just keep growing in circles after they're transplanted. But you definitely want to have at least one set of true leaves and it depends on the type of plant. A sunflower can go out as soon as that first true leaves are showing. You know a tomato plant you'd want it to be uh, a bigger plant. It's the same thing with cut flowers. Um, but usually that first set of true leaves are ready to go out but I'll always watch the weather. You know, don't take something that you've been growing in a nice warm greenhouse or a grow room in your house and put it out on some really windy, really cold day where it's going to freeze that night or just be really cold. Think of the, you want to plant them out when it's a little bit warmer and you're not expecting a really bad weather. One thing a lot of people don't think about is the wind. You never want to plant really tender plants out on a windy day because the wind will dehydrate them. Kayla says she was hardening off some snaps in a heated greenhouse. And last night the door was slightly unzipped and this day in the temperature of 25 and most of the snaps are very dark green and drooping. What are the chances they can battle back? 
they're in soil blocks. They're kind of like the tulips I was talking about. Don't look at them. Go back out later today or, um, and you'd be surprised that they're going to perk back up. They probably will survive it. Bradleyville Blooms has well water that has a slight softer smell after it's been running for a while. Will this be a problem with seedlings and trays or my plants in the field? Um, it shouldn't be a problem in the field, possibly in the trays. Um, you might let the water, if you have a way to put it in buckets, let the sulfur smell go away before you use it. Um, I would have to do a little research, but I'd, I'd rather get rid of that and let it dissipate out of the water before I put it on my plants, especially the seedlings. But out in the field, you probably have no problem at all. Mimosa Hill Farm wants to know if you can grow rocket snaps and part shade in the summer, gets morning and evening light. You can, as long as you're getting a good six hours of light, you'll probably be okay. Um, being shaded in the middle of the day, you might get a little bit taller stems on them. But as long as you're getting about six hours of full direct sun on them, you should be okay. Oh, here's Pink Stem Farms asking the question of the, of the, the day um, or the question of the hour. As a beginner flower farmer, what varieties would you start to grow? If you know what you're doing and you're a good gardener and you can grow stuff and you have a green thumb, you can do anything you want. Um, if you're really green and don't know what you're doing and just getting started in flower farming, start with the stuff that's easy. And the bigger the seed, the easier it is to grow. Things like zinnias, sunflowers, um, those are really easy to grow. Sunflowers are almost impossible to do wrong. Um, but then grow the things that you think you can sell, because if you're trying to do this as a business, you want to grow things that people will buy. You can always sell sunflowers. You can always sell zinnias. You can always sell celosias, um, both the crested and the, um, the plume type celosias. But start with the easy things first. Um, I know one grower that started with only five flowers the first year, got really good at those, and she grew a nice selection that made mixed bouquets that she was able to sell a lot of them that first year. And she was doing sunflowers, celosia, zinnias, gunfrina, and one more thing I can't remember it was, some green maybe. Um, but as long as you get a, a good selection of flowers to sell, start with the easier stuff, and then every year add four or five new varieties. Um, once you get growing, you know, an established flower farm that's around for five years or so, they might grow a hundred different flowers a year. Um, Sandhill Blooms wants to know if I have any tips on germinating throat wort. I don't know off the top of my hand. I would have to look that up. Um, sometimes Google's your best friend. Type in germination throat wort and it'll probably tell you. It could be the soil temperature or light and dark. Those are usually the two things that make a make or break when you're starting seeds. All right, here's one here from Bloom Flower Garden. Uh, Lisa's mentioned cosmos are not heavy feeders and shouldn't be fertilized. Any other cut flowers that are not heavy feeders. Um, the only other flower that I usually don't fertilize would be sunflowers. Um, if you fertilize them too much, they're just going to get big and huge. And, you know, all of a sudden you got the seven foot tall plant that you only want it to be five feet tall and, and a uh, stem that's much thicker than you need. Um, so usually it's the zinnias and uh, sunflowers you don't fertilize. And the easiest way to do that is just plant them someplace where they had fertilizer last year. And you should always be rotating your crops so you wouldn't plant those cosmos in the same bed year after year because eventually that would be an area that just doesn't have any food left. So you want to rotate and it's easy to just put those cosmos and sunflowers in an area that did have fertilizer last year. El Cat Marie is asking, would I ever consider 5C tulips for the field in zone 7A? Um, just in case anybody doesn't know, 5C tulip stands for 5 degrees centigrade where those tulips have had all the cooling they need so when they're planted they're ready to start to grow right away. Their question is, their fall lasts so long and spring is so short, they're always worried about having short tulips in the field because they might not have natural cooling. Because if a tulip bulb is planted in the field and you don't have enough cold weather that winter, or if you're too far south and it just never gets cold enough, the flowers will bloom short. They just don't grow tall enough stems. 
So there's two things. I would never plant 5C tulips in the field in zone A. I would only do that if you're in zone you know, 9 or 10, Southern California, Florida, South Texas, where you're going to plant them in December and January and it's warm enough for them to grow and bloom. You're not going to have any frost. Um, in zone 7A, the to me, the solution is to use 9C tulips, which means they've had 9 degree Celsius cooling for about 6 to 8 weeks to give them a head start of their cooling. You'll plant them when they arrive to you in sometime in mid-October to mid-November, depending where you're at. The farther south, the later you'll get them. And then they get the rest of their cooling in the ground uh, from your winter. Um, the other thing, if you're concerned about having short tulips, if you can shade them as they're growing, that helps them stretch a little for the sun. That can be as easy as putting hoops over it and putting shade cloth on them or uh, row cover. You just don't want the row cover or the uh, shade cloth to actually touch the plants. You always want to be supported above it. But I would go with 9C tulips in zone 7A. That's what I always recommend, using the pre-cooled ones so that they have enough head start of the cooling and they'll get the rest naturally. Um, Rev Farm is asking, I've planted quite a few perennials. What's the best bang for your buck to plant first? Um, I guess you're asking what's the best perennials to plant first. I always say as soon as you start your flower business, your flower farm, plant peonies. Peonies take three years before you're going to start getting much harvest out of them. Four years you start to get a lot of them. But then you get money and sales out of those peonies for the rest of your life. So the sooner you plant them, the better. Um, so start with peonies first and then go with things like flocks, um, a still be sedums and things like that. But peonies are the best one. And you don't have to buy the expensive $30 or $40 peonies. The $5 peonies work just fine. The best planted in the fall. But if you didn't plant them last fall, plant them this spring is better than waiting until this fall. So the sooner you get your peonies in, the better. Pink Stem Farm is asking, what are a few good green foliage to grow for market bouquets? Uh, one of the best ones is uh, Polygonatum or Solomon Seal. It's a shade-loving perennial. It's just a single stem with leaves on both sides of the stem. Um, it does have a little small flower, but you don't grow it for the flower. You grow it for the leaves. Um, Ellen Frost at Local Color Flowers in Baltimore. That's one of her favorite greens. When they're in season, she buys them like crazy. You can harvest them throughout the summer. Just leave most of the, at least half the leaves on the plant. But then by the mid-September, you can cut every one. You're not going to hurt that perennial. And it comes back next year, no problem. Other ones, is there's great basils to grow. And I always also like lemon verbena. Um, it's a lemon-scented, it smells like lemon pledge, um, a, a lemon-scented green herb that works great as fillers. And I got time for one more question here. It's from Still Even Flowers. Um, best to grow ranunculus in low tunnels versus the field. They're in zone 8A in Alder Grove, British Columbia, Canada. Um, ranunculus and anemones always do best in a tunnel. A high tunnel is best. A low tunnel is the second choice. Field is my last choice. Because um, if you get rainy weather, it's going to ruin them. You get a, a unexpected freeze. Any flowers that are on the plants are going to be damaged. So it's always best in a high tunnel. A low tunnel is the second best location. I want to thank everybody for joining. Um, if you have any questions about the Gardener's Workshop, you can always go to thegardenersworkshop.com. There's all the uh, classes are on there, either the larger six-week type classes or the short classes, you know, the one or two hour classes you can get. Lots of great information on the Gardener's Workshop. If you're not on the email list for my class, go in there, look for the classes and just sign up to be on the wait list. If you have any other questions, I'll be back. I forget the date, but I'm back for the um, Ask a Farmer, I want to say in three or four weeks. But this happens every Wednesday at 1230 Eastern Time. It's either Lisa or one of our other uh, instructors or another farmer to do the Ask the Flower Farmer. So thanks everybody for joining and you all have a great day. Okay, welcome back. 
I hope you soaked up some great bits of info there. That was sort of a lightning round. So I've included some links in the show notes to topics that were mentioned here, including a link to the page where you can join the email notification list for Dave's online course that he mentioned. I also included a link to the Gardener's Workshop Instagram account, which is where these live Q&As take place every Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We have some more guest takeovers planned for the rest of the month of March, and then Lisa's back in April, so I encourage you to check it out. If you like what you're hearing here on the Field and Garden podcast, we'd love it if you'd tell a friend about us and leave a review for us wherever you get your podcasts. That's all for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Jessie from the Gardener's Workshop, and I hope you have a great day. Mm-hmm.